Welcome to Kinetic, a healthcare wrap bonus series about careers and leadership in healthcare marketing and related fields, including digital strategy and consumerism. The modern world of work is constantly moving, so in this series, we bring you musings on careers and leadership from well-known friends. Our goal is to highlight the journeys that some of our friends have taken to reach their work goals and some of the insights that they've learned along the way. I'm Jared Johnson, founder of the Shift Forward Health Production and Marketing Group. Over the course of this bonus series, we will be sharing exclusive interviews with an all-star lineup of experienced leaders. Today, I'm pleased to welcome my guest, Kristen Baird, president of Baird Group. Let's get moving. Kristen, how are you today? I am great, Jared. It's great to be with you on the show. I'm really looking forward to this because as you and I were preparing to go on the air here, we were just digging into a little bit of the the, the journey that your career has taken, but also some of the observations and lessons that have come up along the way. And maybe a good starting point for us is how you first got into consulting itself. You've been doing this for a number of years, and this industry has really never stayed in the same place, I feel like. So, you know, there's Kudos first and foremost, just to have been consulting for as long as you have been. But maybe you can take us back to that where you first got into it and and share some of the highlights along the way. Yeah, that, you know, it's been an interesting journey and it has been um, a very tortuous path. It has not been a straight line. When I did my master's thesis, I did it on a topic that was just starting to emerge, and that is um, on customer service in healthcare. So my my topic was patient perceptions of quality in clinical settings, right? And so that was in the early 90s and it kind of opened the doors for me. And what I found was I was still working as VP of marketing and business development for an organization. And um, when the book came out, it was uh, published by uh, John C. Wiley and the American Hospital Association in collaboration. And I was getting all these inquiries about, could you come and, you know, help us with our customer service in, in our organization? Now, mind you, you know, this was, well, by then the late 90s. And so here I am working full time and getting these queries. And I thought, you know what, I could just do this. I could just, I could just go out and do this for other organizations. And so that's what I did on a personal level. I I was a single mom at the time and I wanted to wait until my last child was out of high school before I started all that traveling. So, you know, that's, that's a little bit about how I started. I imagine the service that you offer itself has evolved over time or due to the same type of consulting. How has the service that you provide changed over the years? Oh, it has morphed (laughs) hugely. Um, When I started out, I was going to help organizations improve their customer service. And so it was very tactically oriented. And what I learned very quickly was if they did not have the leadership and the culture in place, there were no amount of tactics that were going to help help them. It was like throwing prize-winning flower seeds onto a sidewalk instead of on fertile ground. So it evolved into a lot of culture assessments and diagnosis and leadership, leadership development. So it, it really has changed a lot over time. Where I started and where I am today are day and night. Um, the customer service aspect is still alive and well, but it is only one small portion of the kind of consulting that we do. So what about when other people come up to you and say, 
look at the success you've had. I think I'm interested in that, but I don't know if I have what it takes or I'm scared or I'm nervous. I I'm, I'm imagine you've had opportunities to coach people in that situation. How do you walk them through that? Yeah, I, I call myself the inadvertent business coach. Um, it's not a, a service line that I market or anything, but I have just found so often that people either get laid off or fired or for whatever circumstances find themselves kind of at a loss. And I'm always <laughs> encouraging people to start their own business because it's very fulfilling. And I know that I've had several of my colleagues and friends that have been in, you know, those types of situations. And I've said this termination or this layoff is not the end. Think of it as the beginning. Um, this is the next chapter that you get to write. So I have been that inadvertent business coach helping people start their own businesses, helping them to think about what's first, second, and third on the list. What should they consider? Do they have the stomach for being an entrepreneur, being a solopreneur. So it's been, it's been fun because I've been able to see a lot of different people evolve going from, oh my God, I just lost my job to having a thriving consulting business. And it's been a pleasure to see people grow. Can you tell right when somebody comes to you and starts asking you about whether they have some of those things like that, that entrepreneurial spirit, like you mentioned, how, how can you even, how, how can you tell or, or kind of help coach them in the right direction? Well, I can tell you that, um, you know, I've had had people say, you know, I've got to look for a job. I've got to look for a job. And when I say, wait a second, let's talk about what you really want. So we look at things like where they've been, but where would they like to grow? And so there's a lot of questions that I, I do ask people. When I see somebody who is absolutely immobilized by the thought of not having a regular paycheck, they're probably not going to be a candidate for starting their own business. But if I could talk to them and say, hey, wait a second, what would be your comfort level? You know, how soon do you need to be earning that what you left off at? You know, that kind of thing. A lot of the panic ensues from not having a regular paycheck. Yeah. Or benefits, right? Or benefits package too. Oh, benefits. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. All that does come into play for sure. And it's funny. It's kind of like we're looking back. I mean, that's been my journey twice, <laughs> building up a consulting practice from zero to something sustainable. And I, I remember going, there are all these kind of phases or stages that you go through. And those those first ones, it's easy to say, oh, I bet I'd be pretty good at this. Or I bet I can just call up a few people and get some projects. That's the easy part. <laughs> That's the easy part. Absolutely. You know, to do what you've been doing and put it out there on the market, that is the easy part, right? Because you know that stuff inside and out. The relationships are very different. When you're a W-2 employee, you are answering to a boss. And in a consulting relationship, it's a multifaceted relationship where you've got to be the expert, but you also need to be a partner and you also need to be strong enough to, to take whatever feedback you're getting or be able to deliver the kind truth. 
because in many cases, you're dealing with organizations, CEOs, executives that maybe have never had anybody give them the kind truth about, you know, when we're diagnosing the problem, maybe the problem is you. <laughs> and so you gotta, you have to have the, the guts and the tact to be able to help people see. You know, I always talk about at, at my organization, think of us as a magnifying glass, a mirror and a map. And holding up that mirror is really an important skill for consultants to have. And if you can't do it and be somewhat confident, yeah, it's scary, but you have to be able to deliver the kind truth in order to help a company change. And so that's another thing. To be the expert can be daunting. You know, you might walk in with real imposter syndrome, like, oh my God, is are they going to figure out I don't know what I'm talking about? So a lot of people suffer from that. And, you know, just helping people to think through, there's there's being the expert, but there's running a business around being the expert, right? Mm -hmm. So you've got to have the legal support. You've got to have the accounting support. You've got to have the marketing support. You've got to have the administrative support. I, I think I could write a book just on all the different apps I've shared with other consultants that these are some go-to tools you must have in order to be successful. Seriously, I wish it didn't take me till, I want to say it was like year seven to find the right tax help for my business. I'm like, wow, wow, what a difference that makes. So I totally get that part. And it's not to say that those things should keep somebody from going on that path and pursuing it. It's just going in eyes wide open. It's understanding that those are parts of the journey. And it is a different skill set, like you said, than doing the thing that you did in-house, client-side, and being a rock star with that. That's different than being able to have a business built around it. Mm -hmm. You mentioned you know, just how much the services that you offer have evolved. But what about the industry itself? When you look back at how it's changed over the years, and I'm talking about either like the people involved or the, the trends or the organization and the communities and conferences, what stands out when you look back and you're like, wow, things have changed a lot? Well, there has been so much change. You know, I entered the business or I entered the workforce as a registered nurse. And so I have um, really looked at the industry from the bedside and beyond, working at the bedside in critical care to going into public health and seeing healthcare from that vantage point. The number one thing is the pace of change. It has become what we thought was fast pace is nothing compared to what it is today. So the, the, the pace of change, the regulations, the transparency, leadership has had to change. When you look at what leadership has to be today in managing five different cohorts at the same time, from the boomers down to the millennials and the Gen Zs. And I mean, you look at the different age groups that we're juggling, it's completely different. And, you know, you think about what has happened with leadership just with the flow of information and how quickly information is disseminated. You think about social media and how that's have impacted healthcare and healthcare marketing. You know, those are some of the big, big changes that I've seen. And then with leadership, just having to have all the responsibilities for public reporting and 
all the regulations that healthcare organizations are up against. You, you just really have to be well-versed in a lot of different things to be a healthcare leader today. Yeah, it's so true. It really is. And I think some of those are common themes, whether you're client side or out on your own and and recognizing that leadership in this industry requires such a broad understanding of how things work, of how the different entities involved in providing care all work with each other and what their limitations are. And yeah, there's just so much there. When you, when you look at some of the challenges or obstacles that kind of stand out over over that time, looking back at your career, have there been any in particular that were just like, man, I didn't know how I was going to come up, you know, come away from this? Uh, or just in, in general, any other challenges or obstacles that, that you're particularly proud of, of, of working through or overcoming? Yeah. Um, so as I mentioned, I was, you know, when I first started consulting, I was going to teach organizations how to deliver better customer service. And when we stepped back and stepped back and stepped back, it was, okay, wait a minute, we can't do that without leadership development. We can't do that without a, a a comprehensive culture assessment and diagnosis. The One of the shifts that I had to make was when I hit this resistance of, you know, we don't really have this problem. This is pre-HCAPS now. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't really have as big of a problem as other people. And I would say, oh, I think you do. So we started mystery shopping. And mystery shopping, you know, when I got into it, it was it was like okay we're taking these photos we're we're reporting out ourselves but when i realized what medical mystery shopping really entailed that's where i thought i dipped my toe in the water and i said this is really important because then i can hold up the mirror and i can show them this is a picture of what your er looked like on a sunday afternoon at two o'clock and so you know, a picture paints a thousand words. And so I I wanted more of that. And I had a client that I had done a project for and they said, okay, could you do 300 of those? And I said, sure. And then I started to realize, oh my God, how am I going to come out the other side of this? Because mystery shopping is a whole new line extension for me. But there's so much about that particular industry separate from healthcare. And then when you blend it with healthcare, I had to learn so much. And I I honestly, I thought, did I get in way over my head? And I'm glad I stuck with it because sticking with it, I've been able to refine and redesign and create methodology that, you know, when we do hold up the mirror, the doctors, the administration are confident that they've got good, solid information. Right. Well, I mean, it's it's pretty clear to me why that service line took off for you, why there was more demand for that, because somebody does need to hold up that mirror and somebody really does have to to share that truth. And I, I imagine that that's not an easy decision a lot of times when you don't know how much time and how many resources to put into growing that service line. Do you start pitching people now? Hey, by the way, this is the main thing we do, or hey, this is just one thing we do. And it's still j- just another example of the evolution that happens. I- I've really enjoyed just taking a look back at, at everything here, Kristen. And-, and I imagine we're just scratching the surface. I want to give you a-, a chance here as we wrap up to give any final words of advice for professionals in our industry. There's a lot we didn't cover. Anything come to mind? 
Yeah, one thing that that comes to mind is I work with a lot of organizations where um, I feel marketing is really misunderstood. And so one bit of advice that I would like to give the marketers is to make sure that you're thinking about your department's personal brand. Because so often when I'm in healthcare organizations and I talk about bringing, let's get marketing to the table when we're talking about patient experience. They look at me like, why would we do that? They're the advertising people. And they don't see that marketing is really the guardians of the brand, that they listen to the voice of the consumer. So one bit of advice is don't forget to raise awareness internally of what marketing does and why the, why it's important to the organization and help those internal stakeholders to really understand more because they can be some of your biggest champions, your biggest ambassadors, but they have to first understand what it is that you do. And then make sure that before you launch any kind of promotion for your service line, make sure you do the due diligence. You know, what is the customer experience? Take a deep look at what happens when the phone rings. What happens when they log on to your site? Are they getting what they should be? Because otherwise your efforts are undone from day one. So I would, so that's really two bits of information, internal marketing of the marketing department, and then making sure that you're positioning every single time to deliver on the promise, make sure that marketing meets operations. Hey, hope you enjoyed this conversation. Stay tuned for our next bonus episode featuring John Marzano and the evolution of marketing leadership that he has seen and experienced firsthand. Mm-hmm.